clear eyes, full hearts, nat 20. Welcome to Magic Explains It All, a podcast where we talk about our characters and brag about our character creation skills or lack thereof. I'm your host, Brad, and uh, today we have a very special guest. He was actually on another podcast that this network has done before with uh, How Was Your Weekend. He is also responsible for many of the character deaths I've experienced. Uh, I don't hold a grudge whatsoever, but give a hand for Zeke. Hey, Zeke. Hey, Brad. I see you. You too, man. Especially alive. Like, that's a, it's a big change <laughs> from a lot of the times that I see yeah, you. Usually I'm very, very depressed whenever I come to play and yeah. just, like, downtrodden. And this is a very different scene for you. Yeah. No, I I, I feel like a lot of the, the people playing tend to come pretty excited, um, except for you, pretty consistently. It's just, like... <laughs> You more than anyone else has like this just like innate fear that this might be the last session that you ever play with the character, <laughs> and I don't know why that is, but it just kind of happens that it's always you. Yeah, it's more of I, I'm still learning, and okay. let's go with that. It's just I'm, yeah. it's a learning curve. Everyone goes through three or four characters their first campaign. <laughs> is that wait? Is that not normal? Yeah, no, it's not. I don't think I've played, like, three characters total. Oh, man. Yeah, man, sorry about that, bud. That makes me feel bad. I'm just expanding my uh, views. Yeah, man, that, that's why you have the podcast, right? Like, you're yeah. learning all the tips and tricks to make a character that lasts more than three sessions. Exactly, <laughs> and it, help, it helps me, it helps the listeners. Also, if I ever run out of guests, then... I can always just like go to my, one of my backup characters yeah. that I always have on stand. You, you know? basically have just like this incredible backlog of characters mm-hmm. to be able to just retcon and yeah, it's uh, <laughs> uh, I do look forward to having you on as the uh, DM or GM for one of our episodes where we just get to talk about other people's characters and uh, get to talk about um, like creating NPC characters. But you actually have a character that you're going to talk about with us today before we hop into him or her him him, him. yes yeah. okay uh, i just want to kind of get some uh, background information on you as a player like how did you kind of get introduced to uh, tabletop rpgs or D? like what kind of brought you to uh playing those yeah so i think it was um a couple of podcasts ago whenever you were talking to chris um, he actually brought me in um to a campaign that he was running with some guys uh while we were in grad school together and just kind of fell in love with just I mean, really, the the environment of it, um, of just kind of getting to exercise our creativity. Um, we were all in grad school, so like creativity um, wasn't necessarily uh, something that we got to practice every day, so much as um, some other uh, intellectual abilities. So it was fun to kind of just like do like this very um, carefree and creative uh, role playing and storytelling um in an environment that was really just kind of about being together um and so that's kind of a, a part of D that i fell in love with was um this whole idea of just like community building through the game that game kind of fell apart um for for various reasons and um as games do um and so i actually picked up uh a new game i'd, I'd run a couple of like one shots as dm um mm-hmm. just kind of having some fun with it um, and then kind of built this world um, that actually um, many of your characters have died in yep. uh, so far. Um, but many. kind of built that world from scratch uh, yep. from the beginning. Um, Chris helped a lot kind of with the initial processing. And I kind of was able to get to a point where I could just run with it. Um, so that's what I've been doing for the last like two years is running yeah. with it. 
it's crazy that it's been like we've been playing two years with uh yeah with, with that campaign yeah no it is it is and it's wild to like even think about it now um thinking about how far that i've come as uh, as a dm um i'm i'm very proud of of a lot of the stuff that i've done i've, I've learned a lot of lessons on along the way of, about preparation and kind of areas that i was lacking in while life was a little bit tougher in grad school um but to think that before i regularly started dming i was playing uh, i'd only played two characters um probably i mean like <laughs> okay we, fine we get it zeke like you're yeah, good I'm at a, playing i'm a i'm a dungeons and dragons prodigy is really what i'm trying to say yeah. right now no um <laughs> But I think just kind of like having, again, having a community that was like willing to learn and grow with me has been really cool to have Um big, big part of the reason that I still play the game for sure. you definitely done a good job of like that with our game too. Like uh, I'm really, uh, with this being my first campaign to like ever be a part of, like I feel kind of comfortable in uh, trying new things, even though I've uh, been noted that i can fail a lot <laughs> it's been it's been fun to see that and then try again you know yeah no I, and I, I that's something that like i just value in general is like i think <clears throat> it's kind of dumb to play games like super stodgy or by the rules like i think allowing play, players creativity and the ability to write the story themselves um which i'm sure i'll come back to kind of in our our talk today I think that's just a really important part of the game um, to kind of have this collaboration aspect of of the world for sure. Yeah, for sure. Well, let's go ahead and uh, we'll we'll save a lot of that for whenever we're doing the DM or GM Sounds episode. Great. Yeah, um, really excited for that. Mostly so then we can dunk on other people's characters. Oh, dude, it's gonna be so great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and speaking of, we have the we have March Madness going on right now. So if we get distracted during the uh, podcast, uh, sorry. Well, but... you'll you'll just edit it out, right? Like, um, yeah, because <laughs> I'm really good at that. <laughs> That's as good as you are staying alive, right? <laughs> yeah, just about, you know. But let's uh, talk about uh, your character that you're using in our kind of newer campaign that our buddy Chris from episode two, he's running uh, as a DM. Uh, his name uh, that you told me was uh, Tari Vishara. Did I say that right? That's that's correct. It's Tari Vishara. Um, he is a Kalashtar warlock. Um, a lot of warlocks on on the podcast. Um, sorry about that. No, it's all good. Um, it, it helps because like then you can like then everybody can kind of see at the forefront. Like not that warlocks are like a mystery, but I feel like people may not know how to really play them right. Yeah, because they're, they're they are just kind of really different yeah. kind of types of casters. Definitely. And uh, it kind of gives them a, a wide variety of like which way to go, like of examples set for them. Yeah, so. definitely. And I, I think that's that's true for a lot of characters. I think like kind of whatever idea that you're coming into the game with can really shape um, can really shape the character and how you play it. Uh, and that's an important part of the game for sure. Uh, I think it's fun as a player to work with the DM to like figure out what you're doing and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, with with Tari, I was actually uh, originally going to be a, a cleric. Um, Sorry, Morgan's behind you, and she's like tiptoeing around. <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> I'm not editing that out at all. <laughs> Morgan's my wife. Um, <laughs> no, uh, so I was originally going to be a cleric. Um, I had kind of been thinking about um, a question, and it's 
for with all due respect to you, I'm going to leave that question anonymous. I think it's it's pretty central to my character uh, and also best served in game, kind of developing it. I'm not really sure how I want to go about it at this point, but um, a question that I was just kind of curious about um, with D and D in general, especially Five E. Um, you know, I think characters really get easily overpowered. Um, and so I kind of wanted to explore the opposite of that, of like, what does it look like to a character who feels and thinks and believes that he should be this overpowered being, but is not? Uh, it kind of sucks uh, in a lot of ways. And uh, I was very, very happy to roll very poorly with Tari. Um, but it's been a, it's been a fun, uh, it's been a fun process to kind of figure out like, okay, what is this guy who has like these big aspirations and big dreams, but definitely does not have what it takes to uh, achieve those <laughs> right now? How does he play in this world? Um, so that's been uh, it's been fun for sure. Yeah, it's been uh, fun to interact with. That's for sure. Uh, for listeners, if you uh, listen to Dylan's episode, you'll know that Dylan talks about uh, his character uh, Ace Swordborn, and uh, Dylan talks about how. Uh, his character went to the academy however uh zeke's character somehow like convinces them very early on in the game that hey he also went to the academy or maybe not convinced is the right word Um, (laughs) i don't think yeah i don't think convinces it so much as he just like says that he went and tries to convince everyone very unconvincingly that he also (laughs) went to the academy and then ace just kind of like yeah sure why not i guess yeah (laughs) no ace is definitely um a cool friend for that Mm -hmm. i think um so a big reason of kind of why I made Tari the way that he is is I, I like exploring certain themes whenever I, I do work with a character. Um, my first character was a half-orc cleric um, named Sam who actually worshipped Morden. So for those of you who know Dungeons & Dragons, orcs and dwarves do not get along. And so like it was kind of this weird thing of this orc um following this dwarven deity um so i think like that was a pretty cool thing to explore and um i'll save that backstory for another episode if you ever run um out of your back uh backup characters to talk about um <laughs> yeah i have to run through everybody else's back backup characters <laughs> first so um i always like to kind of whenever i'm working with a character to bring like a question to the table for those role-playing moments mm-hmm. um and so i think with Tari, it's kind of this whole thing of identity of like feeling like he should be some sort of like, um, you know, big, bad, all, all powerful warlock and caster, but is really just kind of like a punk kid who um, just so happens to have a few powers. Um, so it's been fun to kind of explore that. And I think for Tari, why, why he kind of latched onto the academy so quickly was he very quickly saw that as an opportunity to give him some like street cred. Mm-hmm. Um and I mean, we can we can jump into his backstory if you want of kind of like why street cred is important. Well, yeah, for sure. Well, uh, first, I do want to kind of talk a little bit more about uh, kind of give people like, some backstory on the uh, Kalashtar, like what mm-hmm. that is, just because I, I I like did a little bit of research on it just because like your character was it, but yeah. if you if somebody else's character wasn't it, I would never know what it is. So, kind of describe what is the Kalashtar. Yeah, so a Kalashtar um, is uh, kind of one of the, like, the expanded universe races. Um, I think it's official in D&D Beyond. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically a humanoid that has descended from um, a certain spirit realm, and they kind of have this like 
heritage and uh, lineage of like connection to that spirit. Um, so while they're very mortal beings uh, with a very set amount of time, they are always um, connected to like their their this this patronage or, or matronage of um, spirits. And so actually, Tari uh, Tari is the name of the spirit that. Um, character Tari uh, is, is kind of the lineage of they take that name so his name is Tari Bashara his name is Bashara but Tari is a, actually a feminine name of a feminine spirit um, uh, gotcha. yeah um, and so uh, it's it's just kind of a fun fun thing I think they have some some quirks uh, so like Tari's big quirk is he discusses loud um, decisions with his uh, deity and so um, there's been a couple times in game when these characters have heard Tari addressing Tari um, and asking for her opinion, and they're just like, "What is going on?" Um, which has been fun for me on this side, like knowing what all is going on. Um, and I think Jin, Brad's character, has kind of explored some of that um, recently, um, which is which will be fun to, to kind of get into whenever we're able to get into it a little bit deeper. Yeah, um, Jin for listeners is. Uh... My character is a changeling, so uh, my next plan of action is whenever uh, Tari starts doing this, is to just like change into Tari and to start like just talking <laughs> back and forth with him. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So uh, planning on doing that very very soon, uh, right as soon as I get that character's voice down. I have not mastered that, but <laughs> we're going to very well, soon. Well, I, I haven't either, um, <laughs> which has kind of been like funny with like exploring the themes of identity and everything like that. The fact that like. I cannot nail down Tari's accent for the life of me. It takes me like several minutes in in game to actually like get down his accent um, <laughs> where I think it should be. And so um, yeah, it's I mean it's a process. It's Dungeons and Dragons for sure. So awesome! Thanks for that uh, kind of background to class, Tari. And you said that your class is uh, it is a warlock, or uh, Tari is a warlock. Um, and I know Tari is still. A level two, is mm-hmm. that right? Yeah, that is what, correct. At what level do warlocks get to chat, like get to select their like a subclass of like warlock that they're going to be? Yeah, so that's actually first level. Um, they kind of okay. choose um, like their their kind of pact. Um, so um, it's like pact of blade, pact of tome, pact of chain. I believe um, more commonly referred to as like blade locks, tome locks, or chain locks. Um, Tari is a tome lock, um, which we just kind of got into in game, um, and that that kind of ties into kind of like his overarching goal and quest and finding this identity. Um, just kind of like this this historical historical knowledge is a very important aspect of, of his character um, and something that like his character really wants and so um, I figured that was kind of like the best fitting for kind of like the meshing of of what he wants and what he's trying to get out of life and trying to follow follow those paths as as a character instead of making him really cool and super strong and all that good stuff <laughs> I, I must say like i really have enjoyed uh interacting with tari in game it's been it's been a lot of fun so yeah and i think a lot of that is probably just like pent up role playing um over the last two years it's, it's like i've wanted just like one character to focus on instead of like all these different npcs and story development and everything like just having one character to focus on is like probably like a lot for y'all um because i'm just i'm having so much fun oh. having to switch between everyone yeah you don't have to <laughs> I, 
like uh i think we tried to miss the ones where we just kept trying to talk to like as many different people as yeah. possible yeah i felt bad about that but not really <laughs> no it's a great way to jack with your dm oh yeah um Another great way to jack with your DM is to just ask them, like, the name of some random person. Like, just go find a person on the street, talk to them, ask them their name, and then just do that, like, 20 more times, and you'll frustrate the heck out of them. Like, it's great. Um, I've recently made some steps to combat that, if y'all ever try that on me. (laughs) I I talked about it last session, but I saw, like, this uh, homebrew... A spell that was like a cut the crap spell where you get to like you can't like somebody casts it and if it hits like it causes cosmic damage and it causes no damage to the character but if it hits then the dm gets to slap the the player and the yeah, player takes damage <laughs> and i think that would be that would be well served sometimes yeah, absolutely absolutely i in in line with that just kind of um, I saw I saw a tweet the other day that said, "What things in real life like actually cause one HP damage?" And I've been thinking about that a lot, and I don't know if I have like a, a <laughs> solid answer to things in real life that would cause one HP damage. Um, you know, it's like paper cut, probably not quite to one HP. Yeah, because it can't be something that it has to be something that you don't heal until like you have a rest or like you yeah. take a nap. So like, what? Well, yeah, yeah, that's uh, it's like maybe like a sucker punch. Yeah. You know? For me, it'd be like spilling all my coffee because then, because <laughs> then I don't have my fuel for the day. So. Yeah, I think I think like one HP is definitely like more in the mind than anything else. Where it's just like, just like is a small tweak where it's mm-hmm. like, man, this kind of was a little bit of a day ruiner. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't know what one HP actually looks like in real life. If you guys have any ideas of what one HP looks like in real life, please uh, tweet at us with the hashtag Magic Explains. So maybe we'll get some answers. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe Chris will just flood my inbox like he's been doing. More likely. Yeah, <laughs> more likely. All right, so let's kind of hop into uh, Tari's backstory. Uh, like, How did Tari get to start as an adventurer, and where does he come from and all that? Yeah, so um, I am personally of the mindset that whenever you are creating a character, um, that like you have an opportunity to kind of input into the lore of the world that you're going into mm-hmm. um and so i tried to do that um a little bit um and so uh i also like the idea that like dms can control parts of your backstory um so i probably took that a little bit too far um and tari basically doesn't remember anything until the time that he's 10 years old uh so hmm. he has no memory of anything and then he has basically metagaming is two years of memories of uh but those are like very tied closely to like fleeing and just kind of like it's more of like an idea than actual memory so his first real memory comes at the age of 12 uh and comes with a first tattoo um tari is a character who is 16 um but is very tatted up because he belonged to a thieves gang basically um called the zakone vor um yeah, they got a name. Um, he's got lots of different tattoos that I could very easily get I like, into. I, I was more surprised of like that they were that like, he was a part of a thieves guild. But then you're like, no, yeah, they had a name and everything. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so that, that was a fun part that I just kind of like decided to do. Um, Chris has decided to kind of make this campaign that we're running a um, extension of the campaign that I have been running. And so I just kind of took uh, a couple things and that like I thought were interesting in my campaign that we hadn't really gotten to explore and decided this would be a great time to explore it. So um, uh, 
we have run into a couple characters that belong to a kind of thieves guild called the community um and basically i just kind of said with like all the things that are happening and, and will happen probably in between now uh my game and chris's game um it's like probably like some factions occurred and some fractions within the society so basically there's now five families um uh, from this community uh that was happening you have the featherstone clan the winter mobs the conivore uh the mortua familia um and amblick um and so all of these just kind of have different uh roles and like have taken on different types of cons um as their own um and so i've just kind of like you know, again, I just kind of wanted to contribute a little bit to the world building process and so flesh these out a little bit more. Um, and honestly, I don't remember what I said for a lot of this. I think like the Featherstone clan was like a bunch of thieves. The winter mob kind of functioned more as like a mob. And so like always trying to look legit, but like, you know, back channel funneling money, black market kind of stuff. This is Coney Boar, uh, which Tari is a part of, um, kind of more of just like roaming nomadic consmen. Um, Tari himself has kind of made it a little bit of a name, um, running some like cheating uh, games of chance, basically that he has he has way to die um, that he uses for for such time as that. Um, and then the uh, Mortua Familia um, is kind of allied with some assassins groups and kind of function in this like assassins realm. Um, and then the Amblick uh, is probably like the one that I'm most interested in exploring if I ever get a chance to. Uh, but they are kind of spread out throughout the rest of the four families um, and kind of function as like the basically like making sure these secrets get kept um, and all like all goes according to plan, according to like the, the overall family um, community kind of deal. So they're basically like the secret enforcers. Um, if you like ever cross the family or anything like that, the Amblick is supposedly the last thing that you see. Um, and so like, they'll like straight up kill you, um, to protect the, the overall like community. Um, so again, I'm just going to make a note of how my character is going to die in this campaign. <laughs> yeah. Probably the Amblick they're coming for you. Um, but you know, it was, it was a fun thing that like I thought was a, a chance to add a little bit of depth and, um, you know, something that I was like willing to. Uh, give to Chris and just let him run with it if he wanted to. Mm-hmm. And if not, then it's present in Tari's life and it's something that he's going to be um, cognizant of and, and wary of, um, especially. So, um, that's, yeah. that's really cool that, like, I know with his character that in, in your campaign, like, he kind of gives a lot of DM control of, like, what happens uh, with his warlock. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of think that's interesting, like, to kind of also on the player, like, and giving uh, a lot of room to play and like build off of like character backstory so Mm -hmm. it's not just like this one set thing and like characters have to try to find a way to fit into it you know yeah it's it's kind of like every everyone's kind of like being able to fit their stuff in and i think that's really cool so yeah yeah and i think it's like for me one of my favorite parts about being a dm is kind of doing the world building stuff and so naturally i just kind of drawn to that a little bit more as a player to um include that in my backstory and all that good stuff and so um yeah and it's especially when like you know your dm and you're comfortable with them like it's fun for me to be like hey dude chris i'm just handing you like all these loaded guns feel free to just pull whatever trigger you want to um whenever you want to and that's cool because i will know kind of what's going on so yeah 
Um, and that's gonna be interesting seeing Tari uh, kind of knowing what's going on in a, in a situation. Yeah, no, he's clueless most of the time. Yeah. Um, a little out of his element right now, for sure. Yeah. For so, sure. so Tari is uh, getting these tattoos. He's with this thieves clan. How does he come to like meet up with the current party that he's with? Yeah. Um, so he's with this thief, thieves clan. Um, and as I have tried to play, he's not the best really at anything. Yeah. Um, he kind of sucks uh, <laughs> in a lot of ways. Um, can be a liability, um, but he kind of has some of these abilities that um, have recently kind of made themselves a little bit more salient. Um, he has the ability to um, communicate telepathically with anyone that he can see within a certain range, um, and that kind of is what set him apart in his uh clan in the zaconi boar and so he um was able to kind of like play this role of like being able to kind of like just not really be the shot caller but just be like the color commentary guy and so whenever they were running like a complex con as long as any he could see everyone and they were within range he could communicate telepathically telepathically what, what was going on um and so like it's arguably a very important role because um, yeah. he can basically just stand on the side and pretend to be entranced with whatever, but he's, you know, bouncing these things around and um, kind of coordinating all these moving pieces, making sure everyone knows what they need to know. Um, so he was able to do that. Uh, was very successful for um, a job or two. Uh, and then um, they were running another job um, and his kind of friend and mentor that had taken him in even when he was just kind of like a worthless piece of crap um, not much for anything kind of taught him like hey here's how you can cheat at these games of chance taught him like loaded die and everything um, I can't remember the character's name I should have written it down um, but basically this this character has kind of taken him in um, and he witnesses as this character gets outside of his ability to communicate um and so is basically unable to communicate the things that this person needs to know and watches as this character gets taken um as this job that uh tari was kind of supposed to be calling the shots of and kind of informing everyone uh basically like falls apart um and he kind of like feels a lot of blame and responsibility for that. Mm-hmm. Um, he's taken to jail. Uh, he um, turns on the family um, because he's not super brave, um, kind <laughs> of a little bit of a coward and a weakling, um, basically turns on them to save himself. Uh, is released from prison. as kind of like a part of the deal there. Um, basically kidnapped and banished by his... his um, crew he has um that's one of his tattoos and uh the reason so in the end game tari always kind of wears he has a cloak and he always wears his hood like up um part of the reason is he has a tattoo on one of on his right side of his neck um of uh basically a dead spider which is kind of like an emblem of like someone that has turned on the Mm. thieves um and so he kind of had uh this identity crisis of the only people that he has ever known um, not being welcomed by them because he turned against them. He feels blame um, for having uh, caused the failure of, of this pretty big job. Um, and in an alleyway, he encounters uh, one. First, he encounters his uh, his spirit, so Tari. He 
Um, he went by a different name before Tari. It was Trank, um, was kind of his, his gang name. Um, so he encounters Tari for the first time, gets that name. Uh, so he gets his Kalashtar name of Tari Vishara. And then right after that, he encounters um, his patron. Um, next thing he knows, he is uh, on a path uh, to the Yawning Portal, um, which is where we kind of picked up at the beginning of the game. He has no memory of anything that happened in between the time that he was picked up by his patron and the time that he's dropped off. Um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of the background of Tari. I feel like there's going to be a lot of uh, big reveal by Chris for your character, and yeah. I'm really excited for it. Yeah, no, it's fun. Because um, you, you don't even know what's really coming as yeah. far as, like, what's revealed. I mean, a lot of that, and, and that's, I also think it's kind of fun, is, like, <laughs> you know, if there's some, like, con man that comes through and is like, oh, yeah, no, I'm I'm your family, um, and is able to roll a convincing enough check, like, Tari has no reason to expect anything else yeah. other than that, and... Um, so I think it really kind of opens him up to this vulnerability of as he's kind of seeking this question of identity um, and who he is, kind of opens himself to anyone like that sees an opportunity to um, swoop in and take advantage of him. Yeah, yeah. and like we kind of said on uh, Dylan's episode, I really like how uh, within this campaign, without consultation for anybody, it seems like most characters in this game have some sort of thing to work out with their identity. Yeah. And so it's going to be so fun to kind of uh, play around with. Yeah, it is. It is. And like I, I studied psychology in undergrad and um, identity formation was always like, he meant he, he took one class. That's basically what he did. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Just one uh, (laughs) is all it took. Uh, No, but um, identity formation has always been really interesting to me. And so like, you know, I think everyone's kind of like high school and college age years, regardless of whether, whether you go to college or not, um, is kind of like filled with that identity process and like, who am I going to be versus like, who do people think I am and, and weighing all those things. And so it's kind of fun to be, you know, quite a bit past that as an individual, but like getting to kind of revisit it and kind of ponder those same questions. Um, it's fun to do as in, in a safe environment where like I can be just a total jack wagon as Tari, and <laughs> no consequences are coming from it. Oh know? yeah, I'm I'm using uh, this time. My character is this, around the same age as you, and I'm just practicing with my character. So then I can be like, okay, this is how I would advise a, a teenage angst version of my son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's preparing you to be a better dad. Yeah, you know? just getting just getting back to that mindset. Okay, <laughs> what would this like hormonal teenager want to do? How, what would be convincing enough to make them not do that? Hmm. And then just getting that, <laughs> dig deeper into yeah, that mindset. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Preparing like 17 years ahead of time, but yeah, whatever. You know, it's, it's just, you know, it's a, it's trial run. You know, yeah. you're staying fresh. You're staying fresh. You got to run a few more campaigns, a few more different characters, which sounds like you'll probably have plenty of opportunity to do. Oh so, yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm just going to like <laughs> pick a, pick a new character at a different point where I, I can see myself parenting be like, okay, I hear that seven <laughs> years old is a really tricky time. So my new character is seven. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, how do you deal with this? Thing? Just, you know, parenting by a village. Yeah. Know, it takes a village to raise a child. So, Well, my character wants to play with Legos. So how do y'all deal with that? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I don't want to kill this dragon. You don't want to, like, 
build this city of Legos with me? Nah, cool, whatever. Like, nah, yeah. I mean, I'm doing Legos. <laughs> <laughs> Tari kind of has like this weird mishmash of like memory blank, but uh, also has like led a kind of a f- almost full life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's just like 16, like a full criminal uh, life before he met, meets up at this party. Like, what do you see as like kind of his like end goal? Is it just like kind of really focusing on that identity part of it? Yeah, I think that's that's definitely a big part. And um, like I kind of mentioned earlier, he has he has like a a big question um, that like he he is trying to answer. Um, basically, like with like all the memory issues and everything that he has, he kind of has like this calling almost you could say like over his life and what that looks like and. Um, and so he's just kind of exploring that, um, and what does that actually look like? And, um, you know, with, with the party, he, he kind of joined the party because he recognized like his own weakness. Um, and so he was very hesitant to like do anything on his own, but whenever he saw like a party of people that like could probably hold their own in a fight, he was willing to join up. Um, and so, you know, that, that question will kind of turn into like, um, from his current thing of, um, am I strong enough? Am I good enough? Am I blank enough to do, fulfill this calling to like, okay, well now I really care about these people. Um, how do I achieve X and still honor like my friends and the people that have kind of carried me? Um, and so, um, I think it was really cool uh, to, to kind of, get the latitude from chris to kind of explore this question um hopefully it'll kind of challenge him as well um because tari is going to be um heavily investing into some library time um (laughs) so we'll see what chris has planned for that but um uh yeah he's kind of like on this quest for knowledge right now and um it's kind of good for him to be a part of people that can kind of protect him in this this realm very cool. Yeah. Speaking of, since this is a, also a podcast where we just recommend other people to other podcasts, yeah. uh, 99% Invisible just recently came out with an episode about uh, palaces for the people talking exclusively about libraries. Yeah. So yeah. Really man, good. That was really good. Um, there's also a really, really great City Lab article um, about libraries as well. It kind of lays that, kind of what they talked about in that episode. Um, out a little bit more and kind of like gives mm-hmm. you a little bit more context of like how libraries came about and Andrew Carnegie's role in that. Um, but yeah, really great podcast. I just finished listening listening to it today. Um, big fan. Big yeah. fan. It, it was a, uh, it was pretty good. I, I kind of also want, I've always wanted to kind of make bards of like my favorite podcasters and Roman <laughs> Mars has always Roman come Mars to mind. Roman Mars would be a great one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, definitely. Definitely check that out. Definitely uh, check out the City Lab article and also visit your public libraries. Like, they're dope. Yeah. And um, give them a chance. Yeah. There's one that's just like right near us that's really yeah. cool. No, it's great. They do. Um, have you ever like seen their genealogy events and stuff Mm-mm. that they do? I've seen them. I haven't gone yet. Um, I really want to. Um, but it just seems like it's going to be a whole bunch of old people. And that sounds awesome. Like just like <laughs> sitting in a public library, drinking some coffee with some really old people talking about genealogies. It's like, it sounds like a really good Saturday morning. Yeah, man. So, um, yeah, visit your public libraries. Pub, this has been your public service announcement <laughs> yeah. with, uh, with Magic Explains It All. <laughs> but back to uh, Tari. Uh, 
I want to hear some of your like we we haven't really been playing this campaign. You haven't really been playing this character for very long. Mm-hmm. But what have been your kind of favorite uh, in-game moments with Tari? Or if you don't have any in mind, like what are what are you looking forward to mm-hmm. with them? Yeah. So I think one thing that I'm looking forward to a lot is kind of like revealing his tattoos he's kind of wearing like this cloak right now that kind of hides a lot of them um and i wrote a lot down on his tattoos do you want me to go through some of them yeah let's let's hear some of them all right so on his left forearm he has a dragon running down um from forearm or from elbow to wrist uh which symbolizes stolen state uh property or like collectively owned property um and I will say at this point, all of his tattoos are based off of uh, Russian criminal tattoos. I spent <laughs> really, really long time one day at work um, <laughs> looking up Russian criminal tattoos and like their meanings. Um, again, just trying to flesh out this world a little bit that he's from. And and it was for uh, work. Yeah, it was definitely for work. Uh, very in line with what I do. Uh, and I dropped my list. Um, so... Yeah, he's got that. Um, he has a hooded executioner on the back of his right hand, um, and that respons- uh, that that symbolizes his responsibility for a family member's death. Um, kind of going back to that botched job that we talked talked about earlier. Um, that's a tattoo that he actually gave himself um, while he was in prison, waiting, uh, feeling some remorse for his role. Um, on the left side of his neck, he's got a sailboat, um, like a big old like pirate ship looking sailboat nice. um it's cool uh sim- symbolizes him be- kind of being a nomadic thief so that's one of like the the Im- images of the zucconi boar um he's got a cross on his chest that was his first tattoo it indicated um again like him joining the thief thieves life um on his right arm he's got a um cat in a hat again just kind of like one of like the kind of typical like oh yeah you completed a successful job you're officially a thief cat in a hat um He's got stars on his knees, uh, which symbolizes that he kneels to no one. Um, big part of kind of the Zakone Vor uh, philosophy and everything is just kind of like, you know, real disrespect for the authority. Um, on his right forearm, uh, again, and this is a prison tattoo, um, is uh, a lighthouse, um, which kind of indicates a yearning for freedom. And so, like, kind of whenever he was trapped in between those two worlds of... Um, kind of being disciplined for his actions but also like only only having like the family that he's ever known but not believing that that was necessarily the right thing he kind of was experiencing this identity crisis and um freedom um he's got uh on the right side of his neck is um an upturned spider uh dead spider so with a um, curse word written underneath it in thieves camp um which basically is, is a force tattoo that signifies like his eviction from the family um and so that's Part of the reason why he wears his hood, he's always trying to cover that up. It's something that he's very self-conscious of. Um, across the left air, uh, left knuckles, um, he has a winged arrow. Um, again, just kind of a, a thief's symbol, especially like nomadic thief. And then on the back of his left hand, he's got um, an anatomically correct heart, um, which is a symbol of a thief with very little status. Um, and so... Um, Never really got the crown that would go above that to symbolize, like, oh, yeah, he's an important person. Um, kind of in oh, his okay. days when he was um, the the whipping boy of the Zaconi Boar, he got that. Um, not quite a force tattoo. Um, and then 
he's got um, an X on his right ring finger that symbolizes his prison stay. Um, but yeah, no, those are his tattoos, um, which again, don't really add anything to his backstory, but I think kind of flesh out like the culture of the Zucconi Boar, mm-hmm. um, kind of the families in general, um, and really how they like mark themselves and um, yeah. announce themselves to other people. So that's really cool. And like, not just like, oh, he has this really cool tattoo. Yeah. Why do you get that? Well, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And having meaning behind it. Yeah, you know? no, it wasn't my chance to uh, give um, a fictional character to the tattoos that I want. So, um, yeah, I thought it was just kind of cool to have, like, some meaning with it. Um, and I think, like, the imagery cool. That's why, probably why he has, like, four different ones that symbolize that he's a thief. It's because, mm-hmm. like, that's kind of cool. Um, yeah. Might as well have it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I will say my, one of my favorite in-game moments so far with uh, Atari is just, um, I think it was last session... Um, we, um, my character and his character, uh, teamed up to just uh, start roasting uh, Buck. Who, yeah. Um... <laughs> no, that's been fun, and that was that was one of those moments where it was like, oh yeah, that's what it's like to be a sixteen year old again, and be like, <laughs> oh yeah, like I don't care, I'm just gonna roast anybody, yeah. and like, you know, it's like Buck probably isn't gonna hurt me. Um, he probably could if he wanted to. I mean, he definitely could. I wouldn't stand a chance. Um, yeah, but how like how tall is your character though? Uh, he's like five ten. Okay, um, so he's got a couple feet on Buck. Exactly. Um, My character's like right around your size too. Yeah. So I just imagine like these two like <laughs> giant people compared to yeah. Buck, just uh, just like just like roasting, taunting him, him um, relentlessly. Yeah, Buck made Buck made an investigation check, and I called him Sherlock Gnome, um, <laughs> which was one of my favorite things that I've gotten to do. But I think like it was fun to just kind of be like, oh yeah, this is like what a sixteen year old would do. Is like he doesn't really care about what's going on right now. But he's going to just roast other people, especially, like, with his buddies. Um, and so, like, it was fun to have Jin get in, in on that as well. Um, Ace was too busy actually accomplishing things, uh, really, to be too much fun. Um, but I think Jin and Tari had um, a heck of a time just roasting oh, yeah. everyone. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be fun going forward, that's yeah, for sure. Absolutely. As we kind of move to our close here, so uh, since we, we've had a few warlocks on the show mm-hmm. already, but... Uh, Kalashtar is something that's uh, kind of uh, not necessarily rare, but it's not something that like you run into all the time as far as like people choosing their mm-hmm. characters. Um, so what advice would you have for people that are wanting to make some type of Kalashtar character? Yeah, I think um, I think Kalashtars have kind of this, um, I don't know, they have like this uniqueness about them um, and just kind of like almost like an outcast kind of state of just like they are they have like this deep lineage and history um that's really separate from kind of like the rest of the world's history um and so kind of leaning into that that kind of outcast and um exile like uh state is is fun to do um really kind of complements like the aspects of the clash tar um like part of it is you roll a quirk um and you can you know pick more than one um but just kind of embracing that i think is really fun i am a big fan of embracing but subverting some some of like the racial stereotypes as well and so i think that like for instance my half-orc cleric sam um was a lawfully good person um and that's kind of goes back into his backstory and like this disconnect that he felt from this orcish heritage um 
but I think it's fun to kind of like explore that. Um, and even if it is like just uncertainty with like, oh man, I am weird and I have realized that, but like I can't stop being weird. Um, but just kind of leaning into that like tension as a character of like, uh, I don't think you always have to have an answer. Um, I think that, yeah. you know, you can create a character that's one way, but like on the character sheet is a different way and as long as you're able to kind of like play and explore that i think it's a really good thing and i think clash tars kind of uh create an opportunity for that um more than a lot of other races um uh, specifically so yeah for sure and just since you have kind of played both the role of player and a dm what would you say like is your kind of go-to advice for players mm-hmm. uh that are like playing the game and they're like not feeling uh confident in like the way they're playing yeah i think um, it's, it's never a bad idea to consult your, your DM or GM, um, with your character development. I think, um, Chris did a really good job of asking us like specific questions about our characters and forcing us to kind of think about things. And I think, um, you know, I, I kind of did the same for him and I was like, Hey, uh, what about X, Y, or Z? And he was like, Oh, I hadn't thought of that. And it was like, cool are you cool if I just write that and he's like go for it um and so I think like as a player it's it's very tempting to kind of disengage from that world building process and just like oh that's the DM's territory um I'm not going to tread on that I think it's a lot more fun and fulfilling whenever you kind of engage with them in that and be like hey I have this really fun idea for a gang um is it cool if I do it and they're like I don't care, just send me the notes and I'll work it into my world. Um, You know, so I I like that kind of collaborative aspect. I think, um, again, that's a big part of the reason why I started playing. And so um, to have that and to engage in that that character development process and even um, as you're revisiting a character, if you don't like the way that your character has turned out, um, it's Mm -hmm. never a bad thing to to engage the DM with that. Um, You know, they have a good idea and they, I mean hopefully know everyone else's backstory as well and so um they can hopefully guide you in that process yeah very good well zeke appreciate you coming on sharing some words of wisdom and sharing uh your some information about tari glad to and uh thank you for letting me uh metagame and uh be able to just get some insight into everybody's characters i mean we'll talk we'll talk for sure i know a lot of stuff about a lot of people we'll just get it aired all out yeah this is the main reason for the podcast it's not because like i want (laughs) to i i want to you know uh do all the stuff that i say in the podcast it's more of just i want to learn what's going on in our campaign without having to actually play in the campaign. absolutely man. it's <laughs> a great have... reason to have the podcast exactly you know? it's so... fun. you are part of the zaccone vor um you know that's, that's all you can say now is like wait what the 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 crime family that i created oh Jin, just... Jin's a part of that now no brad is oh brad is yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> all right well again thanks Zeke for coming by uh, and hope everybody's enjoyed this episode of Magic Explains It All if you have a character that you'd like for us to discuss on our GM slash DM episode which will probably feature Zeke in uh, upcoming I don't know upcoming weeks or months who knows but if you have a character that you'd like for us to discuss send that uh, to us on twitter with the hashtag magic explains and we'll be sure to look at it give you a shout out and a retweet if you have a catchy like one line or a catchphrase that's D themed that you'd like for us to read out uh, at the beginning of the show 
Uh, be sure you go to iTunes or Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review with the description in the review, and we'll be sure to read it out at the beginning of the episode. uh, Today's catchphrase was actually submitted by myself because uh, nobody submitted enough, so get out there and start doing it, please. Okay, thanks. Uh, We will see you guys in two weeks. Thanks for listening. Produced by B-Roll Audio, the best background noise. You can find us on Twitter at B-Roll Audio.